Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos with Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This podcast provides tips, tools, and techniques to help people who are overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious, depressed, angry, or struggling with an addiction, eating disorder, or relationship problems. Through my personal stories, experiences, and training, my intention is to offer you new ways of coping with mental chaos and moving toward a calmer, more peaceful life. As you listen to this podcast, just know that although I am a licensed mental health counselor, this podcast is not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. And so if you're really struggling with something and you don't have a counselor, I strongly recommend that you find a licensed mental health counselor in your area to help you. You can do this by calling your local crisis line or by going to www.psychologytoday.com and doing a search for counselors in your area. That being said, now let the chaos begin. This episode of Calming the Chaos is called New Year's Fears. And these sorts of fears are specifically the types of fears that your mind goes through when the old year passes and the new year comes in. These New Year's fears have a different sort of feel to them. Rather than having a fear of flying or dying or spiders or snakes, these New Year's fears have to do about what people achieve or accomplish and how other people evaluate them in the new year. In this episode, which is my first episode of the new year, 2020, I will explain what New Year's fears are and how people can experience them without even realizing it. And I will also help make you more aware of New Year's fears so that you can take action to manage them before they invade your mind, eat at your brain, and add to the already existing chaos in your life. And I'll tell you a story about how I managed some of my own New Year's fears this year in 2020. And finally, I'll give you some tools, tips, and techniques that will help you manage your New Year's fears this year and in future years. What are New Year's fears anyway? Well, I'll tell you. In general, they're fears that have to do with evaluating what you've accomplished in prior years. That is, what you've done and haven't done, and how your accomplishments compare to what others have accomplished. They also include thinking about what you want to do in this new year, maybe making a resolution, and fearing that you may not be able to keep the resolution. These sorts of fears also have to do with what people think of you, what you do and what you don't do, and who you are in the new year. Evaluations from others and from yourself. These fears also have to do with how you think of yourself, how you evaluate your life based on what you do or how much or how well you did it, and what that means about you and your life. Wow, I guess that sounds pretty heavy. But that's what most of us go through it every new year, whether you recognize it or not. Here are some examples of New Year's fears. One, judgments. An example of a judgment is, I haven't done enough in the past year, and I must do more in the upcoming year. I'm judging what I have done. Two, comparisons. I'm noticing what other people have done, 
and I'm finding myself falling short of what they've done. This is a comparison, comparing my accomplishments with the accomplishments of others. Three, resolutions. I know what I want to do in the upcoming year, so I make a resolution. I set my sights on doing something different. Most common resolutions are getting healthy, losing weight, or finding that certain someone, getting that education, degree, or a better job. The list goes on and on. When people make New Year's resolutions, it also means that they have procrastinated what they haven't done in the past year, and they are piling on to themselves what they really want to do in the new year, which just increases pressure and chaos in their lives. Four, fear of failure. The thought is, if I don't do what I've set out to do, plus if I don't get all the stuff done from prior years, I will be a failure, which means I am bad, which means there is no place in the world for me, which means I am an awful person living an awful life, and I'm a shameful human. I'm a person to be pitied, gossiped about, laughed at. Okay, maybe that's going a bit too far, but really in our minds, that's what happens sometimes. That's what happens with a lot of my clients and the people that I work with and also in my own mind. This fear of future failure can also be called catastrophizing, which is having a vision of your future being so much of a catastrophe or turning out badly or even not as great as you wanted it to turn out. This can really contribute to the chaos of your mind. All of these New Year's fears can result in increased pressure that we put on ourselves for social and self-preservation, which increases the chaos in our minds even further. So this is the problem I want to help you reduce. We can think, I didn't get this done. I need to do new stuff this year. And with all this new stuff I need to do, combined with all the stuff I haven't done in prior years, wow, how will I ever be able to do it all? I won't be able to get anything done that I have not done from prior years. And now I won't be able to do anything new because I haven't ever gotten everything done, ever. Oh my goodness. Combined with all of the new input you get through the new year, there's ads that come through your mail and new emails and new ideas and commercials and a lot of things to do. New Year's fears happen when the focus is on doing something to be something great instead of just being okay where you're at, doing your best and trying to move forward into a peaceful life. So here are some reasons why New Year's fears can be so dangerous. One, it puts more pressure on you to do things, which can also lead to you judging yourself as good, bad, right, or wrong if you don't do the things you want to do or if you do accomplish them. Two, it can lead to overdoing to keep up with others, do more than last year, and can cause you to work so hard, but in the end it burns you out and could cause you to give up altogether. These are comparisons, and when you compare yourself to others, it usually causes low self-esteem if you feel like you're not measuring up. Three, it piles more stuff onto you instead of giving you a clean slate for the new year. You just resolve to do more, which just adds to what you didn't do in prior years. 
and it results in what I call resolutional overwhelm. Yeah, it'll be a thing one day. You just watch. Four, it can have a profound effect on how you live your life. If you fear things will end up badly, that this year won't be as good or maybe even worse than last year, then hey, if you think things will end up badly, they most likely will. This is called a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you think something's going to turn out bad, and it does. Here are some typical ways that people handle New Year's fears and the pressure that it has put on them. One, they'll give in to the pressure and they'll just try and try and try until they burn out. Two, they'll give up because the pressure is just too great and they know they're not going to accomplish anything anyway and they're just going to feel horrible about themselves so they're just going to not even try and give up. Three, they'll escape, procrastinate, put things off, tell themselves it will happen later. While the expectations on themselves just continue to pile up and things remain undone and self-esteem becomes worse and worse and worse year after year after year. Sorry to paint such a grim picture, but it's true. This is what people do to themselves in the New Year's. Here's how to do something different. Here's a story about how I managed my New Year's fears in 2020. Yes, this just happened days ago. But before going into the story, let me just say a bit about New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions can be great for some people and really helpful, especially if they have good mindset and a good track record for achieving goals. Bravo to you! But for other people, New Year's resolutions just pile on more pressure and makes what could be a clean slate into the new year just a filthy, dirty window into the future. Oh my gosh, there I go again, being grim. But it's true. The new year should be a clean slate. That being said, I've found that it's best for me not to make New Year's resolutions. You can go ahead and do that if it works for you. Great. But what I've found is that when I've made resolutions in the past, I've found that they've trapped me into a corner and caused more pressure and anxiety, which I definitely don't need in my life. And so here's an idea for you, and this is what I usually do. I usually set an overall intention for my life. I also set a daily intention. So each day... I set an intention about what I want to be or do. And then every year, I evaluate my intentions and adjust them if needed. I know this may sound overly simple, but it is really difficult to do. Because in my world, every day is New Year's Day. And each day is a brand new clean slate with no piling on from the prior day. That is how I handle some of the chaos in my mind. Which leads me to my story. It was on a morning just a few days ago, and I was getting up and getting ready for the day. In the back of my mind, I was going through what I needed to do, being aware that I needed to return calls and emails, prepare for taxes, follow up on this and check in on that. And in the midst of all this, I noticed a bit of body pain in my left shoulder, probably because I fell asleep on the couch watching the Grinch movie trying to stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve. 
So in the back of my mind, there were all of these things that needed to be done in the future. No resolutions, but just stuff that needed to be done in the future. And then there were things in the present that were needing to be attended to, like taking care of my cats, giving them medications and food and playing with them, doing housework, ordering stuff from Amazon, scooping the cat boxes and taking out the smelly garbage, and the worst, figuring out how to operate my new Dawn simulated alarm clock, my new earbuds, and figure out why my new weighted blanket was leaking sand all over my floor. And then, out of nowhere, I noticed the New Year's fears. What do I need to do this year? Before the new year ends, I want to write a book. I have this podcast I want to do. I want people to hear it, but maybe I'm not doing it right. My listener number is pretty low. I've produced a new CD, an audiobook for children, and I want to get it out there. Get it out there. Get it out there seemed to be going through my mind with all this other stuff. And while all this was happening, the unexpected happened. I heard a loud crash, and one of our dining room chairs just suddenly fell to the floor. I heard a hiss and a growl and several claws slashing at my bamboo floor. For me, that was a breaking point. I turned to my husband and screamed, What just happened? My husband was in the middle of the kitchen, wearing his new winter robe he'd gotten for Christmas and looking quite like a Jedi Knight calmly sipping his coffee. He explained to me that my cat Louie had gotten his paw caught in the heater vent and he ran across the room with the vent on his claw trying to shake it off, hitting the dining room chair in the process and running into the Christmas tree, which made my other two cats run for cover. Even though his explanation was delivered ever so calmly, everything just crashed down on me in that moment. Sort of like when a computer crashes when you push too many buttons. And that's when I recognized my old friend, fear. Fear feels different for everyone. Some people go numb and don't feel it at all. Others sweat, or their cheeks might get red, or they get a headache, or a stomach ache. They get nauseous, or have heart palpitations. Some have urges to scream. In my case, I felt my heart beating rapidly, my breath became shallow, and my hands were on my head. All this physiological stuff really increased the chaos that was already in my mind. But once I recognized my old friend fear, mainly because I had my hand on my head and I wanted to scream, this alerted me that there was a problem, kind of like a red alert or an alarm. So it was a good thing, right? Alarms alert you when things need attending to, and this felt like it needed to be attended to. Oh yes, it was really painful, and I just wanted it to stop. So here's what I did to respond to my New Year's fears, and it worked so well, I've decided to make it a thing and call it the six P's of fear management. One, pain. I noticed that I was in pain. I felt the heat on my cheeks and the shallowness of my breath. Most people notice when they feel bad, but those who practice mindfulness can notice what feels bad, identify it, and do something about it. 
So I was able through my mindfulness practices to identify, oh yes, this was painful. It is fear. I am in pain. I need to attend to my pain. The second P is pause. This pause is necessary to give your mind space to sort things out. This is the time to breathe, to use your skills to relax, to ground yourself, point your eyes on a stable object. I like to look at my feet and say, feet on the ground. You can also use ice or heat to keep you grounded. You can drink some water, get a heating pad around your belly, or maybe smell some scent that you like, like lavender or peppermint or eucalyptus. Just get yourself grounded and back into the present. Number three, ponder. Once your physical body feels more stable, your mind can fully consider what is going on without judging it, good, bad, right, or wrong. Just say it is what it is. Just take some time to ponder. Number four, process. And this is where you just go through everything that's happening. And you can do it in several different ways. One, you can talk out loud to yourself if nobody else is around you. Just go on a rant or a rave and talk about what's going on around you. Just get it out there through your words. Two, You can vent and rant and rave to a friend. That's what I did. Since my husband was in the house while I was going through all of this, I just clutched my head and I said, you know, I'm not feeling right. There is just too much going on. I am overloaded. I need to figure this out. What is going on? All this stuff is part of processing these questions. All you need to do is just get it out there. Process. The third way of processing is journaling writing down what's going on. Journaling is a great way to get your feelings out there and process what's going on in an effective way that doesn't affect anyone else. It just gets written down in a book or a piece of paper. And the fourth way of processing is releasing energy. You can do this in several different ways. You can just go out on a walk, a power walk, a run. Release that energy. You can yell into a pillow or punch it, but remember... The rules of anger. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. Don't break any laws. Don't damage properties. Don't get arrested. You can release your energy in so many different ways that you don't hurt other people. And when I say don't hurt other people, don't hurt them verbally or physically. And don't hurt yourself either. Sometimes people can be their worst abusers. Consider what's going on without judging it as good, bad, right, or wrong. It just is. Take that time to process what's happening. The fifth P is perspective. This is when you see your life and yourself as they truly are. It's sort of like if a stranger was looking into your window and seeing you, what would they think? Kind of like they were watching your TV show. Your own perspective tends to be inward from within your own mind, but changing your perspective towards something outward from a perspective that is from an outside source that is realistic, truthful, and helpful is necessary in times of chaos. It's kind of like putting on glasses and truly seeing things how they really look. When a negative perspective is present, fear is also usually present. 
Through the practice of mindfulness, you could notice that you have a critical voice telling you that you're doing everything wrong and it's all awful and it's all going to fail and you're the worst person in the world and deserve nothing better than death. I call this the doom and gloom voice. If you notice it, you have the power to switch it to a more positive and helpful perspective. And you can give yourself positive suggestions, such as, you can get through this, you've been through worse, this is not so bad, nobody's died, I'm actually quite privileged to have a weighted blanket, I'm also quite privileged to have a fancy alarm clock and earbuds. I remember I have privileges in this life. I have a home and a family and everybody's okay and I'm going to be fine. Switch the suggestions you're giving yourself to more positive ones and remember your purpose in life. Remember earlier I said that I set an overall intention? Well, that intention is if the fun stops, then it's time to change your game plan. Remembering your overall intention will help you remember to adjust your perspective. And the sixth P is plan. This is the stuff that people often jump to first, planning, figuring out what to do before noticing the pain, pausing, pondering, processing, and getting perspective. More often than not, if you don't do the five steps first, There's usually unfinished business that comes out later through other emotions because everything just piles up. So plan after you have noticed the pain, paused, pondered, processed, and taken perspective. For me, in this situation, once I'd done steps one through five, it was so much easier for me to make a plan. I first made sure that all my cats were still alive. They were all identified, and none of them had bleeding paws. They were all okay. My husband was okay. I was alive. There was a roof over my head. All of these things were okay. Next, I checked to see how much time I had to do all the other things that I needed to do that day. And, in order of priority, I told myself, everything else can wait. First things first. You're fine. Everything is fine. So those are the six P's of managing the New Year's fears. Here are some bonus skills that you can use to get through similar situations of chaos or New Year's fears in 2020. Remember earlier when I told you I remembered my overall intention for my life? Well, this is how, when I remembered my overall intention, I dealt with this situation. I just remembered, if the fun stops, then it's time to change your game plan. I remembered my daily intention that I had set that day, which was safety, peace, and love. And then I remembered my New Year's evaluation that I just made not too long ago. Pretty much the same as my overall intention, but with a focus on preventing abuse of any kind. So really trying to remember who you are and what you stand for in your life and remembering about your intentions. Bonus skill number two is tackling problems in pieces and parts. If I took a look at the stuff that's on my office floor right now and wanted to get it all done, I would freak out. However, what I do is I take one piece and tackle it in parts. And I ignore the rest. I know it's hard, 
but that works. I say, I'll work on my podcast now, or I will set this time aside to work on my taxes, or right now I dedicate this time to answer emails, tackle problems in pieces and parts. Bonus skill number three, take back your power. Really connect with your own inner power and the things that you can do. Bonus skill number four, let it go. Just let it go. Bonus skill number five, instead of comparing yourself to others, be mindful of and grateful for your own unique talents, strengths, and gifts what you do well. And also practice being glad for other people because they can do other things well. Bonus skill number six. Every day is a clean slate. Day-to-day intentions can change. Everything is fluid. Every day when you get out of bed and put both of your feet on the ground, remember it's going to be a different day than yesterday. Every day is a new day, and sometimes it zigs, sometimes it zags. It is a maze or a labyrinth that is different and exciting, and if you view it as such, each day can be an adventure and not a fear. And so in closing, I'd like to say that with the right balance of self-compassion and skills and accountability, in 2020, you can do great things, and I believe in you. And I thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. On Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, which would really be helpful to me because I value your support and your feedback. If you have any trouble finding the podcast, just go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com. That is L-O-K-A-H-I-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. And go to the podcast tab and click on the link to the podcast, Calming the Chaos. Also, on my website, there's a link to a CD I created called On This Day. This CD teaches you nine processes you can use throughout the day to quiet your mind. And all of them are less than 10 minutes long. So check it out! Finally, you can visit my open Facebook group called Calming the Chaos for the latest updates on my podcast and for more resources and insights. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.